The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hi guys, it's Lo and welcome to New Year 2021. We have definitely started out in an interesting year, some good, some crazy, (laughs) recording this on January 7th the day after the Capitol's been stormed. So no matter how you feel about it, it was was an interesting day. Um, But I'm very excited for today's guest. She is a super food expert. We have Sophie Jaffe on the show. She is the founder of Philosophy and Health and Wellness Expert. So hi, Sophie, how are you doing? Hi, I'm so good today. How are you? I'm I'm okay. (laughs) I'm still, I'm, you know, before we started recording to everyone that's listening, Sophie and I were just saying like, when yesterday was happening, we didn't, I, and I didn't have this like overwhelming reaction to it. It just felt super surreal. Like I was watching a movie kind of, Mm -hmm. did you have that feeling? Yeah. I mean, it's funny, like with other terrorist attacks, like 9-11 or things that like felt out of the blue and like, whoa, this thing just happened and it's completely unexpected. And how did we get here? Yesterday felt it, they announced the death. I'm watching the news and I was like, I'm not surprised because there have been, it's been a slow and steady buildup over the last four years with this administration. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of separation and there's a lot of support in this. Like they were prepared. They knew what they were doing. They had merch. They had t-shirts made. Like this was a, this was very calculated. And so it was interesting, just my own observation of my own body and nervous system, how I saw that happening. And I was kind of like, I'm not surprised. And that's, that sucks. That sucks that I wasn't, that we weren't surprised that it wasn't something that was like shock and awe. And instead it was like, sounds about right. That's on brand for the Trump administration. Yeah, very disheartening to see. And I think uh, what was more disheartening for me was the very clear distinction between how peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters earlier in the year had been treated by, um, you know, law enforcement than this group of terrorists who uh, broke into the Capitol and were allowed to just walk out. And we're just, and we're just allowed in just like yeah. basically hands up, like you guys do what you got to do. And it's because, you know, 80% yeah. of, of police officers voted for Trump. So it's like, they're all, it's a part of that same team, you know, scary. Yeah. It's very scary. Think, you know, the people sitting up on the dais in the chamber, like, uh, the, the most primo example of white privilege yes. <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen maybe, Um, because, and we all know this, if, um, you know, a black person had tried to do that, they would be shot dead. So they would have been shot dead at the lines, not let into the building, not let into a historic building where, you know, people were, children could have been really important off you know, like that never would have happened. It never would have even gotten close to that part. Yeah, I know. So I think for me, I, I feel less shock and awe about you know, those assholes, Mm -hmm. um, just really kind of brought me back to the spring and summer of 2020 and just the, the stark difference in, in terms of how we treat people. So I'm doing, thinking about that kind of stuff today, but anyway, um, I would love 
love to learn more about you. You are a health and wellness expert. You're a mom of three. You're a broad, raw food chef. You teach yoga and you have your company philosophy. Um, so, t- so tell me about your business. Yeah. So I've been, I had philosophy for the last 10 years. Um, it emerged, it's a superfood company that emerged out of my own desire to have a clean protein powder. Um, I was vegan at the time and there was no plant-based protein powder that was clean. Everything had soy or fillers or whatever, something added sugar, stevia, everything had something in it that I didn't want. And still to this day, 10 years later, there's nothing that competes with philosophies, protein powders. They are, the base is superfoods. There are no fillers. There is no crap. There's no sugar. Um, there's no soy. It's all just what, what composes the superfood blends our superfoods, which is the way it should be instead of a bunch of fillers and, Ooh, we added a teeny bit of spirulina and then we can say there's spirulina in it. No, the whole thing is comprised of seven to eight superfoods in different flavors. So yeah, I mean, they're all inspired by my own life. They're inspired by what made me feel really good. I worked at a juice bar 16 years ago in Hollywood with big A-list celebrities and beautiful humans in the community that would come in and out and we would figure out through superfoods and adaptogens and healthy vegetables, fruit, you know, raw foods, what would help them heal. And that was really like getting a PhD in superfoods. And I just fell in love with the power of these amazing foods. And that's when, after I left the juice bar, I started to create my own blends because they were the things I kept gravitating towards. Like these ingredients, I always want my green smoothie and these ones I always want my berry smoothie and these I always want my cacao smoothie. So I put them into bags and started selling them like that. So I'm looking at the ingredients in the cosmic elixir, the collagen and adaptogenic blend. And I'm so impressed. It has like seven ingredients in it. Right. Yeah. And I know a lot of the ingredients. How do you keep a product like this shelf stable or like keep it good without adding preservatives or things like that? Or are these natural ingredients like naturally preservative? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, they will go bad after 12 months for sure. That's why it's a 12 month expiration, but they are shelf stable. They're, they're not perishable when they're brought into their raw organic form and into, um, into a powder. They're just, they stay last for 12 months and, you know, you don't want to have super intense conditions like really hot or really cold, but overall, as long as you keep them in a closed container, they last for a really long time and their potency lasts. So um, it's just a blessing. I mean, I've had to learn over time the ones that aren't as self shelf stable. We have coconut butters, and it's just much more finicky. Um, I added our superfood powders to the coconut butter, and I love coconut butter. It's been such a cool food in my life. And even when I had little, when my boys were really little, it was what like I gave them to help them, you know, gain a little bit of weight and made sure that when they had it, it was really like a a food I felt confident in giving them. So I was like, oh, why not add our superfood blends to it and make it a superfood coconut butter? But for the most part, our green one and our berry one were really hard to keep shelf stable and they just kept going bad and like tasting a little like soap. And so I had to play with it over the years and make mistakes and the powders are the tried and true, like that is philosophy and they're, they're incredible. They're just so easy to travel with and I get them into almost every meal every single day because there's no sugar or fillers in them. They don't have an overwhelming flavor Mm -hmm. or taste. So I can add them and make them savory or sweet. I can use the green one in my pesto and I can use the berry one in a salad dressing and it doesn't overpower the dish. I love that. Was there a certain event that took place in your life that made you want to get into health and wellness? 
Yeah. So my first kind of hit with that, with this world was when I was 18, I moved to LA. I was living in Maryland in a small town that had one stoplight. And I moved to LA to live with my dad. My parents divorced when I was young and he lived here with my stepmom and my mom lived in Maryland. And when I was finished high school, I moved to LA and started going to UCLA. And I just, for the first time in my life, kind of took my own health into my hands. I was, you know, no one was making me food anymore. I had to figure it out on my own. I was in college. I had to figure out like what foods felt like in my body. And I started to build that connection. And then I found out that I had really high cholesterol. I started to also like see a doctor for the first time and get blood tests. And I have really high hereditary, um, hereditary cholesterol. My dad also has really high numbers. Mm. So I started to like, think, oh, well, if I kind of manipulate my own health and I just eat really plant-based foods and if I exercise more and like, what if I change my numbers? And so that was the, the catalyst. That was the thing that inspired me to start eating healthier. But unfortunately, even when I started eating plant-based foods and, and exercising more, it didn't change my numbers that much because it wasn't something that was based off my diet. It was, it's just hereditary. My numbers, my baseline is just at a different level than most people's. That doesn't mean that I'm going to have a heart attack tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of learn and trust my own intuition and realize, no, this extreme diet actually isn't helping me. It's kind of hurting me and it's not even doing the thing that I hoped for in initially. So I'm grateful for that experience and that it taught me all about raw foods and, and plant-based foods, but it did send me then into kind of like an obsessive eating spiral, which was a couple of years of like being sucked into that world of like eating plant-based foods as like saying I'm vegan, but really it was a way to control my food and say, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you're like, oh, well, I'm plant-based. Well, that cuts out 80% of the food, right? So you're like, woohoo, get to just feed into my eating disorder. And I didn't know that it was at the time, but now it makes so much sense in retrospect. Yeah. <sighs> that's, uh, and yeah, that's, I, I feel for you. I understand. I think that so many people um, have challenging relationships with food and the path to healing is not always an easy one. Um, but I congratulate you on, you know, being able to live your life in a healthy way or figure out what works for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was also a blessing. It, it taught me so much about food itself and that you can use everything from drugs to alcohol, to sex, to food. You can use everything as a medicine mm -hmm. and also as a poison. And so during that time I was using food, I was controlling the food and the consumption and what I was eating and being so obsessive in my thoughts that it became a poison for me. Mm -hmm. So now I'm in a place after I learned how to be more intuitive and realize that food is just energy and take away the control and take away the obsession and just like food is love and I'm going to do my, the best I can every day. And that energy coming towards food is that energy is really healing and healthy and where I've been for like a little over a decade now. So, you know, and it, I, it, and like textbooks would never say I had an eating disorder. I just know for a fact that it was controlling me too much every day. And that's what I wanted to get away from. I don't want anything in life to control me in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, I want to switch gears a little bit. Do you feel like health, the health and wellness world is on its way to becoming more accessible for all people? I certainly hope so. I think health and wellness is still a luxury. I think health and wellness, the industry itself, if you look at the price tag to taking an online class, if you look at the price tag to vitamins, to superfoods, I think for the most part it is for 
an elite privileged group of people. I hope, I hope that we can get to a place where it isn't. Um, but I do think if you walk away from those types of examples and you really think about what health and wellness is, it's a mindset, mm -hmm. it's moving our bodies and it's eating fruits and vegetables and colorful food. So really, if you break it down like that, it is accessible to anyone and everything for the, everyone for the most part. And I think it's more about detaching from wellness being products and the clothes you wear and the yoga classes we take and all that. If we take away those labels and those clubs that we've created and these very expensive products, then yes, health and wellness is accessible to everyone. Um, but it depends on, on the actual, the question, yeah. right? I think, you know, and it's, it's interesting because sometimes I feel like, it's the responsibility of brands creating product to educate consumers. And then um, part of it falls onto consumers themselves, you know, and like their own curiosity and interest. And, you know, at Love Wellness, our, one, one of our foundations um, and, and one of our tenets is that we educate women about their bodies, biology, how our products work, how they work better than other types of products. And here's why. Um, but I, I still feel like there's such a huge information gap when it comes to health and wellness. And I think part of that also is because, you know, even in the medical world, like information is changing daily. So how is it even possible as human beings to come up with a single source of truth when it comes to what is health and wellness? And then you dive even further into it. And like, we're all different at the cellular level. What works for you doesn't work for me, but it also works for that other person. So it's very, it's a very complicated industry. I think it's a complicated industry, but not a complicated subject. Like yeah. I think the concept, the concept of health and wellness doesn't need to be overly complicated. Mm -hmm. I think when we bring the industry into it, it does become complicated because you're like, looking at different brands and different books and different ways of eating and different ways of moving. And this person's right. And I'm going to follow this person as my guru that can be conv convoluted and complicated. But really, if you just get quiet, you read different books, absorb different information, do your best research you possibly can, and then just quiet all of that and come back to yourself. That doesn't have to be complicated. And we do know what's good for us. We do know what makes us feel good and doesn't make us feel good. We know what makes us, what foods make us feel out of alignment. We know what people make us feel out of alignment and relationships. We know what, you know, things, ac actions, behaviors throughout the day make us not feel great. So if we can tune more into, yes, collect all the information, read all the books, and then put that away and trust that your body actually knows. I think that's really vital is coming back to that knowing and that helps like parents come to me all the time pregnant for their first time. And they're like, there's so much information. I'm like, yes. And you don't need to absorb all of it. Like get three books, read them at your own pace and then put it away and trust that, you know, mm -hmm. because we do. Yeah. I think, I think that's good advice. So talk to me about uh, philosophy. What do you guys make? What's the driving force behind it? I'm very curious. Yeah. So I've been playing with superfoods, like I said, for over 10 years now. I started philosophy about 10 years ago. At the time, I was like a raw food cleansing delivery company. And I would just, I had a commercial kitchen and me and my partner would just make a bunch of food and then pass it around. And, um, and philosophy then emerged. I realized after I had Leo, my second child, that I couldn't be on my feet cooking for all of these celebrities or cooking for all of these people distributing around town, I needed to have a product. Yeah. So that's when I took the real concept of like, what was the, 
the heart and soul of philosophy when I looked at those cleanses. And when my clients in London would be like, I want you to send me a cleanse. When I boiled it down to actually the heart and soul of what philosophy is, it's these superfoods. Yeah. So that's when I started creating the superfoods. First, the green dream blend, um, which I de developed when I was pregnant with my first son because I really wasn't getting a lot of protein and wasn't able to keep a lot down. So I created this green blend exactly for that reason. And then I created the Cacao Magic, um, which has amazing adaptogens and Chinese herbs, great for energy and focus. And then I created the Berry Bliss one, which is really high in vitamin C, great for your immune system, antioxidants. Um, so those are the three really pillars. But then we've created other fun blends since then and other products. And we take the superfood core, those three blends, and add them to different things. So we have superfood honeys, for example, that are organic and raw and unfiltered and we add the powders to it. So now when you have a scoop of that honey, it's got all the superfood powder magic in it as well. So yeah, that's really what it's about is just helping people to live healthier, very similar to your company, um, taking their wellness into their own hands, it not being too overly priced, it being really competitive with other products in the same space, um, making sure that we don't cut any corners. Everything is organic and raw and unfiltered and just made from the most amazing, beautiful ingredients on earth. That's amazing. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Okay. My last two questions. And I ask these questions to everybody comes on the show. The first is what is your secret ritual? This is something that you do that makes you feel happier, helps you unwind, but you do it in secret. Hmm. I would say probably dancing naked in my room <laughs> and like lighting candles. Um, I don't do it enough, but I love doing it. I light candles. I put on some music and it's kind of like like making love to myself, but I'm dancing with myself and just moving around my room and like no one's watching and it's not for anyone else. It's just to experience my body and my aliveness. And it always makes me feel better. And then afterwards, I always think, God, I need to do this more often. And then it's another week and I haven't done it or another month and I haven't done it. But it's something that really fills my cup and and reinvigorates me. I love that. Um, I do a lot of dance. I do that class tear into me. <laughs> it's not dancing. Yeah. Not dancing naked, but it's like a lot of just, you know, we're jumping around. So I really, yeah. um, I'm totally on the same page with you in terms of like how good that can feel. Um, my last question, what's the one thing you do now that you wish you had learned earlier? I think intuitive eating. I, I wish that I wish that I had a better relationship from the get go with food. I wish that I could see food as love and as energy and really that the thoughts I'm thinking as I'm preparing the food go into the food. I wish I understood that cycle. I wish I understood that relationship to the thoughts I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And that applies to anything, right? The thoughts you think when you're conducting your life become your life. And I wish that I would have understood that concept a little bit earlier because it would have freed up a lot of real estate in my head. Yeah, I understand. Um, well, that's fantastic. Where can our listeners find philosophy? Yes. So philosophy is the philosophy spelled with Sophie. So P H I E philosophy.com. So the philosophy.com for all philosophy, the Instagram is philosophy love. And then I can be found at Sophie.jaffe on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to my guest Sophie for coming on to I love wellness and sharing her perspective on health and wellness with all of us. Have a great day, Sophie. You too.